Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. I'm sitting here with Trevor, Heather, Kathy, and Austin, and I'm Melanie Bloomquist. And we're sitting here on the casting couch today discussing a little bit of everything from kink to relationships to Ren Fair comic books, being honest with yourself and your partners. And we even dabble a little bit into um, rope play and poly. So if you're into that kind of thing, or maybe if you're not, or even if you don't know, why don't you come and enjoy with us? So sit back, relax, and enjoy our episode of the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. What's up? You like being tied up or what? That's hilarious. Hot start that was yet again. Such an that was aggressive. aggressive start. I'm sorry. I honestly like. I feel like I know the concept of BDSM, having not explored it in my own relationships, and maybe I have because I don't. I don't know enough about it to know whether I have experience with it or not. All I would ask is mm-hmm. that you do not construct your idea of bdsm on the 50 shades of gray movies oh my god no so please don't don't. explain that because i feel like a lot of people were introduced to that the concept or people that people that haven't explored that are like oh like that's a thing that people are into and because it's like the first time that it's been explored in popular media can you explain from someone that has uh experience in bdsm why that portrayal of it is Bad. There are actually other movies that have explored the content very well. One of my favorite movies, I have it saved on my Amazon Prime. I have it downloaded on my Xbox, uh, is Secretary with um, mm, Maggie Gyllenhaal yeah. and James Spader. Amazing movie. The Absolutely fucking Lizard King. Amazing movie. Like, it's got that sexual tension it's got really good bdsm aspects it's got the the power dynamic like fantastic movie and then they came along with the 50 shades of gray movie and they sugarcoated everything they tried to make it like very like there was a contract which i'm not saying there's not vocal contracts between partners but i personally have never had somebody like hand me a briefing and been like, here, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're not going to do. Um, and it was a, kind of a double-edged sword. They introduced the idea of BDSM, which I thought was amazing. There were a lot of people that were like, you know what? This is normal. This is what I like. I didn't know other people were into this. That's really cool. But then on the flip side, you like I was going, I went to a couple of events. This was right before COVID. Um, and we had people show up that were there because of the 50 shades of gray movies. And then they saw stuff that really freaked them out. And so they were like, Oh my God, this is not what Anastasia was doing with Mr. Gray. And it was just, it was God awful. Well, see the whole thing was just a romanticized version of that. I mean, it it is what it is, but I think one of the reasons why people thought it was a certain way was because they figure Oh, the dynamic that that the characters had, like one's rich and powerful and the other one's uh, and everybody, you know, kind of thing. Um, so because the the characters seemed just so bland and just so yes. blank, mm-hmm. it was a way a, a lot of a lot in the same sense of, of like first person shooters, like when you don't have a character that talks or just seems so bland, you can impose yourself on them mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. can, you can see yourself as them. And unfortunately, uh, it, it gave a lot of misconceptions, a lot of like what you were saying. Well, and I think part of what gave the misconceptions was, well, why a lot of people thought it was very BDSM was because of the red room. 
if you guys have seen the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, all of the toys, all of the restraints, all of this different stuff. If you remember correctly, none of it got used. I think they used a paddle, and they used a riding crop, and a blindfold. And a rope. Yep. Yep, he did use a rope, and I think he restrained her twice. In all three movies, I Mm -hmm. think I remember her seeing being restrained twice. And... Uh... I don't know. It just it. They're did turned not. on by the idea of it, but not the actual acts of it. Correct. <laughs> I'm Correct. sorry. This is off topic, but you're talking about like riding crops and ropes and that sort of thing, and like it just sounds like a game of Clue to me. <laughs> it's Colonel Mustard with a rope <laughs> in the library. In the library. <laughs> and see, I actually have not seen the movie for these exact reasons of the what I've heard have been either misconceptions or toxic relationship uh pieces that are put into that um i don't need anything else that you know brings into my world the wrong views so um i'd rather learn from those that know about it properly one i read something that said had christian gray lived in a trailer park (laughs) exactly then you would think this was like a jeffrey dahmer tale like not even a joke it doesn't help anything that it was originally fanfic of twilight yes (laughs) correct which i think is probably where the one dimensionality of the characters came from kind of like what yeah Yeah. no idea they they really had to like tone everything down so it wouldn't be considered like an actual porno which Mm -hmm. is weird which I think is hilarious because I've read the books. I own the books. And because they were suggested to me, they were like, hey, I think you'd really enjoy these books. And I read them and it, they're a little spicier than the movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But as far as like actual BDSM content, like it's just, it's really not there. So for a while, I watched a, um, I watched a podcast that did just, hey, we're going to watch these movies. Um, and they did the Fifty Shades of Grey, and one thing that they really hit on throughout the whole series was just like, I'm not a fan of these movies, because it, it feels like, and this was done with the understanding that, yes, it, it was based on a fanfic of Twilight, but like, it seemed like a high schooler wrote it, where mm-hmm. there was conflict in it, and that conflict was immediately resolved with no, uh, no story to it. It was just hey, we're going to have this conflict and it's going to be solved in the very next scene. And it's like, okay, that doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. let alone anything else that really happens in it. Like, I think there's some dude obsessed with her and she, like, why would you be obsessed with her? Why? She's the most... Because she's attached to Mr. Gray. It's not not even that. They were infatuated, like obsessed with her. Not not her affiliation, but with her. What do you mean her? And she is the most bland... She is. She's a human being. Like the lead character? Yes. Yeah. The one that's played by Dakota Johnson? Yes. 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 I'm obsessed with her because she's played by Dakota Johnson. But her... Do you did you watch those movies? I like, mean, she, I think it's pretty was, clear how vanilla Austin is at this point. She was such yeah. a flat character in the movie, and kind of like what Trevor said. I think the only issue that I ever saw not resolved within ten to fifteen minutes of when it happened, yeah, was at the end of the first movie when they kind of did that cliffhanger with the elevator scene, mm-hmm. and he's like. Goodbye, Anastasia. And she's like, goodbye, Christian. And the elevator doors close and the movie's over. I think that's the only conflict that I saw within all three movies where it wasn't resolved almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Side topic. I feel like this is why I can't watch like Law and Order or any of these other shows that like it's all the story is all self-contained within one episode because it's like at the end of the hour, like. You know that it's gonna, uh, it's it's all gonna work itself out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I watch shows that, like, okay, Breaking Bad, for example. Like, there are arcs that may last seasons, and I can't. I I have a hard time watching these shows. Okay, Law and Order, or is like a good example where it's like, we found the murderer, and then you look at your watch, and it's like we're thirteen minutes into an hour long show. Like, no, you didn't. Um, but those kind of shows where it's just like. I think it's more so we yeah, found the murderer, and now we have to understand it. 
Well, and they didn't even find the murder because it's like there's going to be a twist because we have 45 minutes more mm-hmm. television. But right. there's those kind of shows and, and I guess those kind of movies too. I didn't really pay attention to the movie. I just deities. So you uh, were fangirling. I was again because it was Dakota Johnson. But uh, I the the movie itself just didn't appeal to me at all. And I think it was like. Trust me, it didn't appeal yeah, to me either. I think a part of it was me being like the hipster that's like fucking everybody loves this, so I have to hate it. I got forced. I, I got forced to buy it in the same way that I got forced to go to Magic Mike. You know what's funny is that you say you were forced to buy it, mm-hmm. but you have a lot of questionable movies sitting over here. Do I? I mean, I don't know. I'm looking, and I don't see very many okay. questionable choices. Thank Sir, you. how many Resident Evil movies do you own? All of them. How is that questionable? Oh, trust me. <laughs> Welcome did, to Raccoon City. I'm sorry. Did you go to see uh, Welcome to Raccoon City in theaters? Uh, yeah. No, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. But you you went for free, so I don't want to hear it. I am you know so what? happy to be I in would, the middle of this I would pay right you now. to never watch that movie again. Nah, I'll, I'll still watch it again. No, I'm saying I would pay you to have not had to sit through that movie. Oh, yeah. Hindsight no, being 2020. And now he has the steel book of it. Yeah, the the fucking expensive. Your ability to buy steel books of movies that no one should see is just. Sometimes you get a good steel book. You tell me, you, you get that steel book right now, and you tell me that doesn't look like a fucking dope oh, it steel looks, book. It looks incredible. I'm sure it looks great. It does. I'm just saying, some of the movies that you choose to to purchase as steel books are like, I feel like. Here's my thoughts. Shouldn't you enjoy the movie? <laughs> Before An, you buy to buy a steel book yeah. like if i'm gonna buy a steel book right it's gonna be for like scott pilgrim versus the world like it's one of my favorite movies yes. of all time right or i'm gonna buy a steel book of like inglorious bastards but you you're like i'm gonna buy the steel book for objectively the worst movie anyone has ever seen yeah and, and like and and, I, and I, I don't I don't I don't, I don't know, know if it's the fucking I don't know if you're playing the fucking long con and you're like I'm gonna buy this steel book because the movie was so bad that no one else bought the steel book and it's gonna be worth millions and mm-hmm. I'm gonna pass this on to my daughter someday. See, I'm the one that bought the steel book for Inglorious. I also See, like Resident, is, I also like Resident Evil regardless. Yeah, so like that's I'm true. gonna have to do that. And I I think because our friendship has become so strong. I also have to continue to love Resident Evil because it's the thing that we bonded over. It's true. Sorry. Sidetrack. No, you're fine. Um, Tangent. What is it? So a lot of people, I think, like popular media got into the concept of BDSM because of what we were talking about. The um, I just about said Twilight. The Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Yeah. Um, When did you start exploring this? What made you get into the concept of... I started reading... BDSM material when I was like 16, 16 or 17. And we're talking like Exit to Eden by Anne Rice and the Sleeping Beauty series, both very amazing. And it was just the idea of it was a turn on. Like just the idea of it, just Mm -hmm. reading about it. And I was like, okay, can you actually do some of this shit? Turns out you can. What and was and like great. much more. It's it's yeah. amazing. What was it about reading it that was like, this appeals to me? What what elements of it? To me and part of um, the BDSM that I have done, or kink. I won't even say BDSM. A kink is a much better term to use just to d- umbrella everything. Um, was the power dynamic. because And I've always said that I have to be in control in my life in like all aspects with my kids, with my job, with my house, with my bills, everything. Got so it. the idea of in the bedroom not having to be responsible to think at all. Yeah. Bingo. You know, I have Bingo. noticed in talking to a lot of my friends who who are into that that kinky stuff and and are in the DS relationships and, mm-hmm. and all of these is that they are usually, you know, people who have a lot of stress in their lives and are expected to get things done and yeah. be in control all the time. And they get with their partner and suddenly they have been given permission, explicit expected permission 
to just enjoy the experience. Exactly. Rather than thinking, oh my God, what's going on with my hair? What's going on with my booze? What do I do with my hands? Like, (laughs) I mean, that's where I go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Decision exhaustion and anxiety are two terrible things to have together. Yes. Um, And like, you just get exhausted from making so many decisions. And it's like, the one place I should be able to enjoy myself, I don't want to have to do that. So I completely completely get that this conversation made me realize why you hear so many stories of like ceos uh being mixed hiring, up in sex scandals yeah or, hiring yeah. the services of dominatrix yeah. and like yeah. fucking step on me you know like or those sort of things like, yeah, escorts like yeah that, yeah because it's like they're in control of multi-million multi-billion dollar companies high stress uh, office jobs every day the, and like, they're demanding respect yeah every step in their professional life because they have to yeah to your point like when they when they shed that skin and they get home they're probably like i just Fuck, wanna, man yeah, i, I just, just want somebody fucking, to step on my I just chest and tell me i'm shitty yeah like, yeah exactly it actually it actually does kind of make sense now that you think about it but well and and i think to go off of what heather was saying earlier and i really don't think you should watch the movies especially with the the criteria that you listed off as to why you haven't seen it because one of the things that bothers me about the very first movie was when christian takes her virginity Mm, and he sees it as like just this obstacle that's got to be removed eliminated yeah and that's how that's a complete abuse of of power exactly that's i mean that's how i felt when i was younger um, because I didn't lose my virginity until I was somewhere between 20 and 22. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Um, and that wasn't necessarily my choice. It's a very long story. Yeah. Um, but also in, in the times before that where people would be like, well, let's, let's just do it. I'm like, I'm not that kind of person, but they would see it as an obstacle. I had mm-hmm. a friend. He's a fantastic friend. But for a long time, he would also be like, listen, I have dibs on your virginity. And I'm like, whoa, that's the fuck you do. Not how that works. Like, because you're right. It was it was seen as almost like an obstacle of like release the hounds kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like once this is gone, you're free game, bitch. Yeah. Strong fuckboy behavior. Um, With you losing your virginity at an older age i would say than like i think a lot of us probably lose it in high school um did it become more important and and you don't have to get into how you lost your virginity obviously that's a personal thing but like did it become like a who i lose this to has to be more important than like did it was it an important thing to you it was i really wanted that to be my decision to make of of where I took that direction. Um, originally when I was younger, yeah, it was probably an abstinence thing, but also I didn't even have my first date until I was 17, almost 18. Um, because I was from small town, Iowa and grew up with everyone in my class from kindergarten through 12th grade. And I was not necessarily in the popular crowd. So no one, no one wanted to try that. I didn't really, I didn't really, have too many relationships with like people in Nottoway Valley. Like, like you're to your point, you grew up in like a tiny one, a school or your school is probably so small. Is it, is like eight man football. Yep. Yeah. So like <laughs> the smallest of small schools, you get to that point where like, I've, I've known these, these kids since I was like in diapers. Like I don't, I am not sexually attracted to any of them. Like I've known them forever. Like these are my, these are my brothers and sisters in a way. Like I've yeah. known some of them, longer than i've known my siblings um and then like the reason i asked you that is because like i this used to be like a pride of like or a a point of pride and now it's like you're a scumbag but like i lost my virginity when i was 12 so like sex was like never like not not that it wasn't important but it was just like uh you didn't take it seriously yeah i didn't didn't, yeah never took it as a as a big deal yeah it's like yep like i didn't lose mine till i was almost 19 i didn't date till i was 18 and it was actually somebody from a local college it wasn't anybody i went to school with yeah uh yeah i like i i've always taken 
that very seriously, even after I'd had, you know, slept with one person. Um, gosh, it was only two people for the longest time until um, that summer before Trevor and I started dating, actually, when the marriage opened up. And um, I did sleep with two people during that time. So, like, I still can count on one hand how many people I've slept with. And I don't – that is not meaning anything bad towards anyone else. That was just, like, a point of me, for me of um, I, I didn't want to – like, again, I wanted to be in control of making that decision for myself, unlike how the first time went for me. So I wish I wish that I could count on one hand the number of people that I've slept with. But it makes two of us. 2003 <laughs> was a long time ago. So um, let's talk. <laughs> sorry. Let's talk more about the power dynamic. Um, you had mentioned um, and maybe you didn't mention, but I've known you forever. And I maybe I just know this, that you are attracted to both men and women, mm-hmm. the power dynamic for you is different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk I about am, that. I, well, I'm what you would call a switch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like submission and I like domination. Nintendo. I dig it. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Picasso. But with my relationship with women, I tend to be more dominant. Why do you think that is? I have no idea, honestly. Okay. Probably I think it's, the- I think it's because they're, this is just me guessing. Uh, probably because there's more uh, femininity in that relationship. Well, that's very possible. And also, like, I'm almost 5'10". And I am not small by any means. I'm I'm not tiny. I've never been called petite. Like, I've been told that I'm physically intimidating. And I guess I just take on that persona with another woman. Because all of the women that I've dated have been shorter, smaller, like, tinier than I am. So I'm like okay, this just kind of fits. And mentally, I guess that's how I'm wired. And I have never been in a submissive role with a male who didn't make me feel physically intimidated. Now, I'm not saying that they all were bigger than me because that's a big difference. I want to make that big distinction because you're sitting here looking at me like, I'm a well, little that's boy. that's never going <laughs> to happen. No. No, but it it literally is a feeling of intimidation. Like I it really annoys me when guys walk around talking about how they're alpha males and I'm like you have no idea. You have no idea. I, no. I love that they had to make up something <clears throat> that was just the highest of high to make themselves I feel saw, better. I saw a TikTok and this guy was like, "I'm going to create a new level." And he's like, it's above alpha. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. I am. He goes, and I'm just going to start going around telling people that because apparently that's the thing we do now. We just label ourselves. We as, just make shit up just, and roll with it. Yeah, man. we're just top tier. I was cracking up. That's, alpha, that's big bottom energy. Yeah. Right. I was like, a true alpha is going to like be subtle about it. They're mm. going to they're gonna have that feeling when they walk in the room that you know like who takes control in a situation they're in control yeah. and i think that is a big distinction between people who think they have power and those who actually have power like you walk into a room and if your mentality is i own the room like you're gonna do what i say this isn't gonna go anywhere that i don't direct it like that self-assured feeling mm-hmm. you can read that instantly there's it a dif- yeah. There's a difference between a narcissistic, egotistical Ass. person <laughs> and an alpha. That, that's two totally different things. Just Correct. the the world that I I love. I mean, like combat sports. Like I've been fortunate enough to be around so many like mixed martial artists and Brazilian jiu jitsu black belts. Like what I consider true alpha males, people that have devoted their lives to learning how to fucking murder you if they needed to. And those are the like the nicest, most mm-hmm. humble people. True alpha males don't go around telling you that they could murder you with their bare hands. No. Um, they don't brag about it. They're not cocky. They are the most. And, and maybe it's because the alpha males that I know are martial artists. And so people that grow up in a world of martial arts are are usually more disciplined and yes. uh, quiet about their, their skills. And, um, but I just, it's so funny because when people like self identify as alpha males, I'm like, 
Okay. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not with words. It's with their presence. Yeah. See, and you don't have to be confident for others. You just have to be confident for yourself. So Correct. even if you don't seem like you're the most confident person, if you yourself know that you're confident, then like that'll take you way further. Yeah, yeah. I I think it has a lot to do with projection. Like you don't have to be vocal about it. Like you said, it doesn't have to involve everybody else in the room. Like it really has to do with how you feel about yourself and how confident you are in your own skills. So funny Mm -hmm. enough, um, probably it was probably before I lost. So probably before I was 21 um, and I had gone to, you know, I was a few years into fair um, and I had met someone that was in the BDSM world. Um, and they had told me that like they could foresee me being a Dom. And I remember thinking in my head, like, what are you talking about? Like I am I know what he's talking about. <laughs> Trevor's over there nodding his head. I can see it. But I but yeah, it was I think it was at the time I was really starting to initially come into my own body and my own confidence and i don't think i could see that potential like you know like someone else like that could you mean like your best friend who's currently cuddled up to you and will kiss you at every opportunity i mean that's true too yeah, yeah. but you I saying thought it was that, about to happen right now <laughs> you saying that though makes complete sense though because just as somebody who always has to be in control or always be on their on game, that kind of thing wants to be submissive. Somebody who doesn't feel like they have power or somebody who feels like maybe they've been ignored or pushed around would want that power and be very good at utilizing it and very good at throwing somebody around. What you whispering about over there? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. So yeah. So in my mind, I too understand like feeling like defining yourself as a switch. Mm-hmm. Um def- like especially also as a bi person, like un- understanding that with each I can be different and have some variance of. But I mean it also depends on the chemistry between the two people. I mean, I I could easily see that shifting depending on on how that other person works. My like pinnacle peak relationship goal would be somebody that i could be both with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like somebody who can shift their personality or not necessarily their personality but their energy exactly Mm -hmm. um because there are times i can go out and be completely for lack of a better word butch like you can see my hair is really short and like completely tomboyed out or in a suit and tie like like one side of the spectrum and then there are days where I walk out and I'm in a wig, full makeup, heels, dress, thigh highs, dressed as Marilyn belts. Monroe, and then shut yes, down all Marilyn, of Halloween. Dressed up as Marilyn Monroe for Halloween. Like, so there are two different, definitely different sides of the coin. So I think it goes both ways. And when you can do both with your partner, and I think that is the whole point of a kink relationship. When you can do what you want with your partner and feel safe about it, that's where it comes from. Because there's something called consensual non-consent, mm-hmm. which a lot of people associate with like a rape fantasy, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily what it is. Mm-hmm. You're literally consenting to that person knowing what you can and can't do, like mm-hmm. knowing your hard limits mm-hmm. and doing whatever they want within your realm of comfortability. Mm -hmm. So I know what your hard limits are. I know what your full stops are. You know those are off the table, but you're not going to have any say in what I do. Like, um, you're a toy. (laughs) Like, and just the idea of that, like, I know I'm going to enjoy everything that happens. I know nothing's going to happen that I don't want to happen, but I don't have any say Mm -hmm. in what happens, and I don't know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. That can be a huge turn on because number one, the people are so focused on control or they hold on to the idea of control so hard that when you do get that feeling of having none, it it can be very euphoric. It can be very addictive. It's a drug for sure. Yes, it is. It sounds like uh, we've talked a lot about the, 
the mental side of, of BDSM. Um, and it sounds like your dream scenario for a partner is just someone that you can have the best of both worlds with someone that really just maximizes the amount of comfortability that you have with them. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about the physical aspect of BDSM as well. Cause I think that there's probably, and maybe it's not a misconception. Maybe it is the right perception um, that it, BDSM is, is, uh, ropes and whips and chains and like what you see in the media. And like, so I, I, w- I want to talk about that stereotype and like the physical, like when, when tools and toys come into, to play there, what, what is that? What, what are, uh, well, how are the, these being utilized, uh, in both the submissive and, and dominant sides of things? So you brought up ropes. That's mm-hmm. a really good point. Um, people who like to tie other people up are called riggers. And a lot of times, some people do it for... Make sure you pronounce that word correctly. Some people do it for... That's the, the time you do want the hard R. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a lot of... Some people do it because they enjoy the beauty of, mm-hmm. of the rope. Like shibari. Yes, exactly. They oh, enjoy yeah. the, the intricacy and the the time and energy it takes to create something beautiful and the skill and required is... exactly especially when you have to suspend somebody Oof. and when you're on the opposite side and you like to be tied up or you like to be suspended people do it for a number of reasons i personally like to be like to do role play because i like the feeling of constriction mm-hmm like, to me, that makes me feel safe, almost like a weighted blanket. I know that probably goes back to my mental health diagnosis, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, I mean, that's where all of this is stemming from, let's be honest. Yeah, well, <laughs> see, back to our original point, that that is another misconception of the movies that pissed me off mm-hmm. because everybody thought that you have to be this traumatic broken person no. to be involved in kink like that you like christian gray was just this you broken, have to have some sort of like mental illness yeah, or, to or abuse be dominant. Or, or trauma or something like mm-hmm. that in order to get into kink no, mm-hmm. no. side some note we kind of talked about people i know <laughs> are <Right? in> <laughs> <laughs> so side note we ta- I sort of talked about the stereotype with a little bit where she, like she got into sex work and i think the stereotype there is like oh if you're into sex work you come from a broken home like we that's the whole Idea behind anything right. sex related, and we've kind of like gotten. If you are a sexual deviant yeah. in any sort, shape, or form, then you, you obviously were abused as a child, yeah, or you have some f- sort of undiagnosed mental illness. Careful, because I think they didn't want their name, real name, to be used. Oh right? fuck! Yeah, I'll edit that out. Right. Thank you. Just, yep, I think we, it's been twice. Fucking open your treat while we're. Well, yeah. she's giving me production nice notes. Oh, I hate that. Work I hate that, that for me. <laughs> eventually, mm-hmm. eventually, it'll explode in his mouth. That's oh fine. my god! <sighs> That's what she said. I'm just waiting for him to make a noise when it happens. Just. Uh, uh. <laughs> was the first one was you? So much better than I wanted. <laughs> I thought the first one was him. I was like, <laughs> that was incredible. I my nipples are hard. And I'm looking right at you. Oh. I feel like we now need to do a, a like a clip, some like a bonus audio of like Austin trying to like do this blindfold and figure out is it Kethry or is it Trevor? Just in my ear and called Kendon. me a good boy because yep. oh. it's doing it for me, and I want to know who holds this power. You're gonna have a real confused boner. <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you guys I'm, know how to do the uwu sound? Uwu. <laughs> no, that. What about what? What about ara ara? Yeah, the ara 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 ara. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't know what it's it is Asian about man. me. Okay, you know what? <laughs> I I was trying Asian to man, to... Asian woman here. Like, can we not dip into those stereotypes? No, wife oh, of I mine. Wasn't... I would just the uwu. I all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, that's perfect for Austin because he's Asian." My girls that's are the, racist, uh, which is very odd because they are twelve and thirteen. But they're the ones that told me about the ada ada thing because mm-hmm. they're like, "Mom, it's it's like this whole." 
I don't want to say facade, but it's just this whole caricature of what an Uwu girl is and mm-hmm. the sounds that she makes and how she dresses and the aesthetic and everything. And I was like, okay, so what's what's with the ara ara? And they're like, oh, it's a sound that that these girls mm-hmm. make. And I'm like, what does it mean? Okay. I also did not know this. I feel like none of us really want the answer to that question. I'm not sure. Like, no, no. Like, I'm genuinely curious. Like, I don't know what that means, I'm but I hear Googling it done it. and it, sa- <laughs> it sounds good. Like, I've seen so many TikToks of dudes just losing their shit it's, it's from by a, a female streamer. It's from, a, it's from a Little Caesars commercial. A what? Yeah, RR as Japanese for pizza it's pizza. pizza. <laughs> that is great. Jesus Christ. Oh, that explains why the men get so horny. It's pizza. it's pizza and a hot woman's voice. Look, the first thing that came to my mind was pepperoni nipples. <laughs> oh no. I don't know why. <laughs> 100% Austin right now. Just <laughs> like bing. Like Please the, tell me that's like going to be an audio Like the clip. Pizza Hut pepperoni size or like the giant like Subway pepperoni size? The Subway. I love that. <laughs> Everyone loves a good nipple to titty ratio. So now we know. I'm that we're like, I know. I was like, I feel really awkward now. <laughs> I don't know what y'all are saying. Yeah, so I'm just about. saying that's Our what nipples I thought. Are it's not what like. <laughs> Everyone here has beautiful nipples. Calm down. <laughs> How, it's true. How do you know this? I was. I was like. I, I is this? Is you, this? You definitely haven't seen those. He's trying to give is a Is this an ignore the blinky red light situation? My, I seen it in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right off the bat, you did tell everyone that you have a crush on me. So, like I said, it's. Like I'm a, not you know, surprised just like a, at all. It's like a thing. And it just it amuses me so much that all I have to do. I don't even have to look at you. Like I'm, I'm not going to do it. But all I have to do is, is get, <laughs> just get this close to the microphone I, and go, Austin, you're such a good boy. I'm so proud. These of you. video clips are going to be amazing. <laughs> this is, uh, How I'm, bad is his face right now? Right? Is, I can't so look. red in his. <laughs> Oh my God! You Heather, look high. That's your couch. how much yeah. your eyes are closed. <laughs> like What's your, that? your cheeks are so high that you look high. <laughs> your eyes are like. This. I was just because he's Asian. I'm Asian and fat. <laughs> I was getting ready to say you don't have any any eyes anymore at no, all. No, you don't. It just looks like you're part of your eyebrows, like two different lines. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to what we were originally talking about since we got on. Yeah, what a, were we talking about? Shibari. And I, I, yes. I, as I say, that is such a beautiful art. I remember yes. um, in, during like when TikTok really started to explode during the pandemic and like maybe it was just my for you page i don't know <laughs> oh it was <laughs> definitely an algorithm <laughs> suddenly we all know exactly what heather's into but mm-hmm. of course like mask mask femmes definitely showed up on my page mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. shibari mm-hmm. art showed up on my page mm-hmm. my um, my tiktoks are full of gaming comedy dnd and big titty goth girls so have you guys gotten any volleyball content lately mm-hmm. Ev- what everything like instagram reels youtube shorts everything that is like supposed to be catered to me is all volleyball you have a very did, specific you kink. know i've never played volleyball i don't know anyone <laughs> that the hell is this going i on? did no see, i don't know i did see a volleyball clip and i i had no idea like what i was watching other than like the ball got sent over they set it up and the girl rather than do like one of the aggressive like I gotta get back over and then mm-hmm. she was just like uh and it and it mm. it went over and, and I mean I love volleyball. I think it's a very athletic it's sport, a, but like I've I don't know enough about it or have enough interest in it for it to be like every eleventh clip on my for you that's page weird. For volleyball. Like that, yes. That's a very like typical move in volleyball where yes the person is set up to spike mm-hmm. and either another person comes out of nowhere to spike it or a soft set is done so that way it's you know everyone's prepared for something further back and it drops forward more um i played volleyball so I guess what questions do you two have for melanie about bdsm or or what what do you know about bdsm that could spark any sort of conversation because like i said apparently i've been labeled as vanilla so <laughs> 
I, f- I feel like you don't know I'm shit, more Austin. like I'm not vanilla, you know nothing, Johnson. But I'm like a little step up. I know I know some things, but I don't know everything. It's true. No one does. She does know things. <laughs> I I just feel like I I, take I love that shit eating grin on your face right now, the Trevor. Th- the thing that I try to come off as like the dipshit that knows nothing when I ask questions to guests because the last thing I want I would rather be that than people be like. Oh, oh, he's coming off as like a Joe Rogan type where it's like, oh, oh he I know what fucking you're talking knows about. everything. Yeah. So I would rather present myself as the dipshit that knows nothing about any of the subjects we're talking about than like someone that knows it all. So I try to bring the uneducated dipshit approach to the podcast. No, I think... Which nine times out of ten, I am the uneducated dipshit. <laughs> so I'm still like learning, but I, I definitely understand a lot of the psychological aspect of it more and more over the years as i've gotten older whatever um but no i I don't feel like i'm anywhere near experienced i've never been in a bdsm sort of group or never learned shibari but don't let her lie to you She's a fast learner. <laughs> and don't I know it. I didn't. Oh my God. Am I the only one in this room that hasn't <laughs> fucked Heather? I did not say that I don't like learning. I I, I enjoy learning. Oh, now who's red? I'm, She's so cute when she blushes. Don't, don't try to take attention away from you. I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm very much <laughs> enjoying being in the middle of both of these people that are going to blush it's a blush sandwich so easily <laughs> blush sandwich. i don't have to do anything except talk and sit here and just watch them both you're just, the meatless <gasps> you're the meatless meat in the, in the middle of this blush sandwich oh i see what you did there yep. i see what you did there yeah, meatless, oh she's got plenty taco. of meat oh jesus christ you would know I don't even want to fucking know what that is in reference to. Anyway, back to Melanie. Hi. I'm sitting here. Catherine, do I'm you like have questions? The, I'm like yeah. at the perfect vantage point because I can see all of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. She's got the best seat in the house. <laughs> I do. It has been hilarious. <laughs> it's like a reverse casting couch. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's great. You know, this is probably going to be TMI, but I've always wanted to sit on that couch. Right. There's not I enough love, cleaning I in the world that could get me to sit the on that couch. Instant light I saw in your eyes when I said that just made my little subby heart <laughs> so happy. I was like, I know exactly what she's talking uh-huh, about. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's okay. You don't need to know. I'll I've show talked, you. I've talked before about how, in the back of my mind, how innocent I can be because there's a lot of terminology I don't know. Like, Blue waffle is one of them. No, okay. Oh, you like, don't, no, don't know that. ever Google. Yeah. No, don't ever Google. Nope. But I will but say, if if you are going to look it up, don't look it up on Google. Oh no, I I. There, but that's just giving an example. Like, there's I can't remember another conversation that happened recently, and I'm like, I, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Well, what's like, it? I feel so. I don't remember. It's already blanked out. My pregnancy brain. Is not with me all the time. She uses so. an excuse all the fucking time. It's I know. True. It's a true. valid thing. It, it is a very valid and thing. You are just going to have to suck that shit up there, sir, because that is very real. Look, I told her, I told her straight up, I was like, look, after you have the kid, you can't keep using that as an excuse. Oh, oh no. It's no, no, just no, no, a mom brain. Speaking of yes, sucking up shit, has any of you ever cleaned brain. a piece of shit off of a shower curtain okay, four and a no, half feet up? No, but. Fuck, have I got a story for you? Oh, when say, that's a very sake. applicable application for the for the joke of like, what's the difference between toilet paper and a shower curtain? Oh, it was not, you uh, to my five year old. Yeah, nothing. There's no difference. I'm I'm waiting for for when we do have the baby, and I gotta change her. I know Heather's gonna sit there and re- try to record me doing it at least once. Have yeah. you ever changed the diaper? Yeah. Oh well, then you're fine. You'll be fine. It's no big deal. Yeah, it's no big deal. It'd be fine. It's just another bodily function. At least it's contained in a diaper. You all people should know. You've known me long enough to know I've been in relationships with primarily people with kids. You'll be fine. You've got this. You've done this before. Oh, man. Sorry. Sorry in the gutter. This time, it's the situation flipped. I was the one dating someone with a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting here listening to this entire conversation and how it relates to different parts of kink. 
So. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, How so? Okay. I so. Thought, well, there are human babies or, uh-huh. or grown babies. Or There's daddy baby. and little groups? Yes, there are daddy and littles. Or mommy and littles. Let's yes, be inclusive. Yes, there are mommy and littles as well. That too. Um, or just caregivers. Exactly. It doesn't have to be gender specific. Nope. And then there are certain aspects of kink that deal with bodily fluids mm-hmm. and enjoying those. That is not my particular genre of kink. But we don't shame here. But no kink shame. Um, there is a saying, if it is safe, sane, and consensual, mm-hmm. you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as it is safe for everybody, as long as it makes sense, like even if it doesn't make sense to you. As, as long, long as it, it makes, makes sense to the person yeah, who's enjoying sane, it, it exactly. doesn't matter. And as long as it's consensual and everybody mm-hmm. has given their go ahead, um, then you're good. You know, so, on, on that vein, it... And I'm sorry to interrupt. This no, is just something that popped into my head, the consensual part. And mm-hmm. we were just talking about, you know, daddies, mommies, littles and things. I was on a Reddit the other day and then happened to see a TikTok related to it where somebody was talking about how so many people who aren't in that community and don't take part in those life choices like to go on on like TikToks and Facebook videos and and whatever else and jokingly call people daddy or mommy and yeah. it just oh my god I I listened to that and I felt so strongly about it because if somebody were to walk up to my dom I mean like you're my dom now excuse the fuck out of you that's not how that dynamic works no no it's not no and especially like i get the feeling kethry that you're a brat like from a a a kink standpoint not like calling her like it only took 51 minutes 31 seconds for you to say (laughs) she's looking at me like i have no idea what you're talking i don't know what you're talking about oh but see there you go but that attitude of just like you said, somebody comes up to somebody who's dominant to you or who is your dom and then says something like, especially if you're in a daddy little relationship and they're mm-hmm. like, no, that's my daddy or that's my dom. No, bitch, that's you not, fucking uh, thought. It's <laughs> not <laughs> Those fighting sports. words is what that is. Like I might be submissive to, but, submissive to them, but I'm not submissive to you. No, I will fight <laughs> everyone else. Like fucking bring it. I, I am. Want- and tiny it, and filled with rage. There you go. It is, and this is the one person that can hold me back. And that's why you have big boobs. <laughs> and it's, a big ass, but you know. It's, it's very territorial. It is. Um, it. I think that kink relationships take a lot more trust and a lot more openness. Just like poly relationships. Mm-hmm. They take a lot more communication oh and a God, lot more yes. being honest about what you actually want. Like, not what you think your partner wants to hear, Mm-mm. but what you actually want. And what you feel. Because mm-hmm. I think it's it's not just being honest with that partner. It's being honest with yourself, too, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what's the real reason behind mm-hmm. X feeling it's or X thing. It's a lot of introspection and self-reflection, both in kink and in poly, for yeah. sure. Like, I have never communicated with a partner as often and as clearly as I do now before I realized that I was poly and into kink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucking insane how often I am talking to my partners now and what I'm talking to them about. Exactly. And, and I think that's a big, like with any, with any situation, I think it should be that way in monogamy as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that in poly and kink, it is just assumed that you're going to be that honest and open because of the subject matter. Right. Like in a monogamous, a monogamous relationship, you're kind of on this wavelength of we're together. There's nobody else involved. Like it's, it's you and I communicating in a poly relationship or in a kink relationship. It's like one of us could get hurt. Um, one of us could be put in a very compromising situation. One of us could potentially do something that could harm the relationship or the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to be honest because if you're not, then number one, you're not going to get your wants met. You're not right. going to get your needs met. And it, like I said, it could potentially devolve the entire setup. Especially mm-hmm. if a trigger is hit. Yes. Whether right. that's emotionally or physically. Mm-hmm. Like there, that can immediately kill not just that particular session or whatnot, but... That you're right. That could instantly kill 
the entire uh, relationship between those two people or and yeah. you know in in a poly relationship it could easily have an effect on the entire polycule mm-hmm. like it's it's not just an a b conversation anymore it's a through z now bitch yeah like, exactly if you go and get an std because you decided to sneak around behind one of your partner's backs then suddenly 20 other people now have, the same have that same std and it's your fucking fault Exactly. Because you couldn't be open and honest and communicative and make sure that you were being safe and sane and consensual with everyone involved. I'm not saying that this requires that you go and have the conversation with your metas that, yeah. that you know, hey, I'm going to go fuck this guy and it's going to be great, but you could potentially get an STD from it. But, you know, being honest with yourself, I mean, like, it, it, it requires holding yourself to a higher standard for yes. sure. I, and I feel like that's true in kink, too. I would completely agree. Um, I think that it's important, like you said, on introspection, I think it's important to know yourself very well. And it requires you to know yourself very well. Because if you don't communicate, okay, this is something I'd like to try that I've never done before, instead of saying, oh, yeah, I want to do this. Like, no, the, they're, those are two completely different mm-hmm. situations. They're two completely different dynamics letting somebody that you're with especially in kink know that you want to try something and have never done it before mm-hmm. is very very different than saying oh i like this let's do it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's assumed you've already done it right and then you might get halfway into it and just like you were saying heather you hit a trigger or or something comes up and you freak out and you wig out on whoever you're with or you're doing a scene with and all shit breaks loose. Mm-hmm. So the communication part is really important. And I also think it's important to point out that a lot of people make the assumption kind of like, uh, well, because we're talking about communication needs and um, requirements in both poly and kink. A lot of people assume if you're into kink, you're poly. And if you're poly, you're into kink. It doesn't work that way. I got hit with the trifecta. So I'm part of the alphabet mafia. And I'm into kink, and I'm into poly. So, (laughs) (laughs) but not everybody's like that, right? There's a lot of overlap, but it doesn't necessarily mean one doesn't mean the other, right? And just because you're into two out of the three doesn't mean that the third one Mm -hmm. applies to you either. So, Kathy, I feel like you're gonna giggle at this because I feel like this is very applicable. To lots of our lives. Um, I was having a conversation with someone down at Planet Comic Con um, that uh, I am friends with. and I feel um, like I know what you're going to say already. It, it was how um, we both had realized that there is so much overlap between the con people, the Renaissance Fair people, and the kink community. <laughs> That the Venn diagram is almost, <laughs> almost a circle. 100%. Yeah, it's almost 100%. So much. I think, honestly, and this is just me making an observation. I mean, it could be completely irrelevant. But looking at the kink community and then looking at cosplayers or people who go to Ren Faire, um, there is a big overlap because it's all about being somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's all about mm-hmm. playing a role. It's about being something that you aren't in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a big escape for people in the kink community. I think that's a big escape for people who cosplay, who people who do Ren Faire. Like, you get to be somebody that you're not, even if it's mm-hmm. just for a certain amount of time. Yeah, and I think it's that openness to other people, too. Um, in each of those communities, I've, you know, the people I've interacted with are so welcoming, so loving and aren't going to you know your kinks shame or um smash on your interests or anything they're just kind of intrigued to know who you actually are um so i think that's a that's a key thing too it feels like it's almost a prerequisite to Mm -hmm. be a performer at fair (laughs) is that one we don't kink shame and two drink your fucking water well, and like you were stating outside earlier that you still have your gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. You still have your people saying or going, you don't know about this, so you can't be a part of our group mm-hmm. or you can't be a part of the club. Fine. I'll go I, make my own uh, club with right backjack and hookers. Th- Thank you. H&B 2022. 
What? Hookers and blow. Hookers and blow. Oh, I was geez. just getting ready to say the only thing I didn't do is sort the blow off that hooker's ass, <laughs> but that's just me. So oh, no, but <laughs> but um, you do have your gatekeepers. You have your people who think if you don't know about this aspect of something, you can't be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that comes from kink. That comes mm-hmm. from um, Ren Fair, uh, Comic Con. I mean, just about in sports, anything. Mm-hmm. And they because they try to think of themselves as like, well, I'm the protector of this. It's like, no, you're protecting your idea of what this should be. Whereas an actual protector is going to look out for every single person and, and, and be welcoming. And worried about it either. He's just watching, or she, or they. They're just they're just watching everybody and keeping an eye on everybody. Sometimes, you know, people like to watch. Well, and I okay. You know what? We already knew you're a voyeur. <laughs> there you go. We don't we don't need the announcement. <laughs> but I and I don't want anybody to think that by what I said about the Shades of Grey movies, that. I'm trying to gatekeep. Like, if, if you were mm-hmm. interested in those movies and you think you'd be into kink, like, go for it. All I'm mm-hmm. saying is educate yourself first. Mm-hmm. Also, if, don't watch those movies because they're fucking terrible. Exactly. They are but when, bad. When you go to a scene party and there are people with blades and they're literally being cut because that is their kink. Or mm-hmm. they're literally having needles done in designs in their back because that is their kink. Or the hooks and suspension. I Correct. mean, like, Or they're in a pool of blood. And they've got vampire teeth in and they're biting the hell out of each other. Like, these are things that actually happen. These are things that people are actually into. And if you don't educate yourself and prepare yourself for that experience, it can be scary. Like, it can be overwhelming. And for somebody to just watch the Shades of Grey movie and think, ooh, I'm into kink. I'm going to go. No. No. Honey, no. Honey, no. What is you doing? <laughs> but... I think it's I think it's important to also address that you can be into a certain level of kink and not be somebody who wants to go to like a scene party Correct. or or enjoy necessarily the things that were represented in the Fifty Shades movies. Oh, okay. That was that was bad for me. No, you're fine. No, okay. All right. So you had mentioned earlier how with women you tend to go more dominant than submissive and i'm watching you give the mom face and the lips <laughs> to your kids and i'm like oh i i should i should listen <laughs> <laughs> that's great i've been told i have that effect on certain people mm. they look at me like i can see it i i sure i'll do I that did, i wasn't looking at directly right. So I'll, I'll do that i don't have a problem doing that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like we've had this conversation before at some point and i don't know where or how it came up or anything like that but being that we talked about resident evil and kinks and you know people stepping on other people austin what do you think uh, thank you momo <laughs> welcome uh, back to the podcast austin, momo. what do you think about if Melanie were to cosplay as a yep. Lady D. Yep. yep. <laughs> I knew I was coming. Yeah. I was as just what? waiting for it. Lady, Lady D, D from Lady D. Resident Evil 8. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, is that the big lady in the mm-hmm. dress? Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, this does See? things for me. And, and, and <laughs> the, the, cos, the cosplay that I want to do, um, and if I had the costume, I was actually telling Kethry that I'm going to a Comic-Con next weekend. The costume that I would love to do is Moxie. Oh, oh my absolutely. God. I love I've Moxie. been told I should cosplay uh, Moxie. Moxie, Moxie is one of my oh. all-time favorites. So I, I have priced out the, the costume from Amazon so many fucking times. <laughs> but I'm also a seamstress, so I could easily just make, make it, it happen yep. anytime I want. But I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> So, and the thing is, we've been friends for years, right? Yeah. Like, just, I, I can't even think of how far back we go. But. At every, least 10 years. Because yeah. you took the girls to one of their dances when they were, like, mm-hmm. six and seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good night, too. But, um, no, uh, I don't know what it is. But every time I think of Melanie, and and, and every time, like, we get face-to-face, it's like. I'm reminded that in my mind, and it could be just your personality that lends to that, is that like 
you seem so much taller to me. And I always think of you as being way taller than me for whatever reason. And I can't relax. I'm five foot six. She's tall as shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm five nine. I'm the my the point I'm trying to make is like like in my mind's eye, like I can just oh I always see you. Like even now, like I'm I'm visualizing you like size wise. Like I just I see you as a very tall person, and you're not. You're you're about average size. Five five ten is pretty tall. Yeah, five ten is kind of tall yeah. for a female. But and I mean, in this particular situation, the fact that your chair is a good six <laughs> yeah, inches exactly. above everyone exactly. else right now is not helping yeah. that perception. But, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Like, like every time I like every time I would think of you, it would be just. You're like six foot, you know. That's only, well, it's, that's only a two inch difference. In heels, I am six two. So yeah, mm. I have a heel collection out of this world. I'm trying to get rid of some of them, and it's not working. So we, if, if anybody listening wants to check out my Facebook post where I'm selling my heels, take them. It's hard to Free find heels. It's, tar- it's hard to find heels that are comfortable in size eleven. Let me just tell you, I have some. I uh Hey, we're making connections. <laughs> I, I do. I have some size eleven strappy black heels and they're only about two and a half the inches. The number of fucking business opportunities that have sprung from this podcast <laughs> is just <laughs> little entrepreneurs. Um <laughs> I we've I think we recently talked about this actually, maybe even as as recently as like the podcast that went up today. But um obviously, like Everyone that listened to the first episode knows that like there was a very short fling between me and you and I'm tiny and you are four inches taller than I am. And then I also had a short fling before the girl that I got pregnant with our my children um, that was six foot four with no shoes on. It was a silly time in my life. She is a full 10 inches taller than I am. Did you feel like a backpack? It was amazing. Yeah, I felt like I was a little, a little monkey. Like, you just, like, you little, just wallow? You just yeah. really, yeah. really wanted to lean into that small, soft boy. I am a small, aesthetic. soft boy. That's why we gave you socks with the kid from Up. Yeah, I fucking wear them today. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm. I, I can't remember. We saw something else at like box lunch or something, and it had that kid on there, and I was like, Trevor, I think we need to get this Look, to do for him. The thing is, he did it to himself. If he wouldn't have made that comparison and posted it online saying, hey, I look like this kid with a fucking backpack and a hat on just going. Well, it was the fucking, <laughs> it was the day that I, I fucked up and I shaved my beard off and I was like, I look like a 12 year old. And then I'm also fat as shit um, and racially ambiguous <laughs> so i was like yeah I look just like that kid because no one knows if he's like native or mexican or asian but or he is small dude. and adorable and <laughs> i too am small and adorable and racially ambiguous and such a good boy oh my fucking god <laughs> i am gonna take every opportunity to abuse that All right. you know that right how do we wrap this up <laughs> melanie is there anything else you'd like to say not really. Um, sort of to piggyback off what we talked about in our previous episode that I was on, a lot of it just breaks down to being honest and being your true self and communicating that to people. Because if you get into something and you aren't those things, then you yourself are steering it for shit to go sideways. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not upfront and you're not honest about your expectations, what you want, what you need out of what you're getting into then shit's going to go sideways and you can't help but take accountability for that because you weren't honest with your partner. Your partner can only deliver what you allow them to know about. Mm-hmm. So whether it's kink, whether it is poly, whether it's being a swinger, whether it is anything, a monogamous relationship, you you have to be willing to really be vulnerable. And I know that's really scary but you you have to be willing to be vulnerable and let that person know what's going on, both with you and your dynamic, because mm-hmm. otherwise, shit ain't happening. Right. The only thing that I would add to that is do your fucking research. In, yeah, in the age you. of the goddamn internet, there is no excuse 
to not at least have a starting point for what you want. Like, you know, you you can see all the different things and, and how other people have used them. And then at least you have a starting place to tell your partner and yourself that this is something that I would at least like to try or learn about. Yeah. So I think, I think good final words to end on would be ignorance is no excuse. No, it's not. And ignorance is definitely not bliss. No. Because what you don't know about, you can't try. So get out there and Google. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. out there and do it all. <laughs> I'd like to include that this is not an ad for Google. We are not sponsored. <laughs> no, we are not sponsored. We are not Damn monetized. It. Yet. Yet. We'll get there. <laughs>